In September of 2018, the Keck family packed up their belongings in Wow, Papua New Guinea, where they had been working alongside Kenny's parents for the past four years and set out for the island of Bougainville to establish a new work in this needy and remote province of Papua New Guinea. Buin is the southernmost town in Bougainville, with a population of over 35,000 people in the surrounding villages. On September 23rd, Buin Baptist Church held its first service, and it was incredible to see 13 people in attendance that first Sunday, and many returning guests the following week. The people of Bougainville are not new to religion. Their understanding of God and religion is centered around tradition, legalism, guilt, politics, and even demonic spiritism. For so long, they have lacked a true gospel witness and the hope found in Christ alone. Just three weeks after starting the new church, the Kecks had a medical emergency. Garrett, their one-year-old son, needed emergency surgery on his infected knee that had turned septic. Garrett was rushed to a hospital in Australia for surgery. After getting the needed treatment, Kenny and his family returned to Bougainville in February of 2019, where they restarted Buin Baptist Church. It was a slow start, with only their family in attendance their first service back. But over the following weeks, they began to see people return to their services. Along with the opportunities in Buin, God opened a door for Kenny to share the gospel through the PNG Bible Project. The PNG government asked Baptist International Missions to give Bibles to all the public school students in Papua New Guinea. Kenny was asked to help distribute these Bibles throughout South Bougainville. This gave the Kecks a great opportunity to share the gospel and invite people to their new church in Buintown. Through the connections made during the Bible Project, the high school in Buin asked Kenny to start a weekly Bible class at the school. Since its launch, God has continued to bless Buin Baptist Church, and they are currently seeing an average of 30 people on Sundays. As well, the church has seen 18 people saved and 16 people baptized over the last two years. As the Kecks look to the future, they know that God is moving in Bougainville, and Satan is resisting the work that God wants to accomplish. Since moving to Bougainville, one of the greatest challenges has been to find a permanent property for the church. Recently, the Lord provided the necessary $60,000 to buy a piece of land. The same day they received the money, they were informed that a village leader opposed the sale of the land. Although this was an unexpected and devastating blow to their plans, they are trusting God for something greater for the church in Buin. They are excited about returning to Bougainville to continue sharing the gospel and growing Christians. Please continue to partner with the Kecks by faithfully praying for them and financially supporting them in the work that God is doing in Bougainville, Papua New Guinea. If you have your Bibles this morning, if you'll turn with me to the book of Romans, Romans chapter number 10, I want to begin this morning by just saying thank you to this church and for your faithful prayers and support 
on our behalf these last eight years. The last time we were here was when we were on um, deputation, so we were getting ready to go to the field. Um, I had the privilege of growing up in Papua New Guinea. My dad is also a missionary there. And then God called me back to New Guinea, and it, we went back to New Guinea in 2014 um, and worked alongside my dad. And then, and then in 2018, we transitioned to this new ministry that you just watched the video about on the island of Bougainville. So Bougainville is an island that's part of Papua New Guinea, uh, but it's off the mainland of Papua New Guinea. And uh, Bougainville has a unique history because uh, uh, Bougainville, ever since New Guinea got their independence in 1975, has wanted independence from Papua New Guinea. And they fought a civil war from 1988 to 1998, um, desiring to be free from Papua New Guinea. And that ended in a peace treaty that basically gave them the opportunity to vote for independence and then for the New Guinea government to ratify that. And they're still in that process and there's still a lot of um, political unrest there and, um, and different things. If you ask a Bougainvillean, are you part of Papua New Guinea? They'll say, no, we're Bougainvillean. Um, if you ask New Guinea, if Bougainville is part of Papua New Guinea, they would say, yes, they're part of Papua New Guinea. So it depends who you ask, but currently they are still part of Papua New Guinea and we are, um, and we're there doing, um, and planning a church there. And it, it's just been an amazing opportunity to see how God has worked and how God has um, allowed us the freedom. Bougainville, growing up in, in Papua New Guinea, Bougainville was like one of those places you saw on the news and, you're, and you saw the, the political unrest there and you'd say, wow, um, what good can come out of Bougainville? And it's just... It's an amazing opportunity to, that God has opened the door for us to share the gospel in Bougainville. And I, I ask you to continue praying for us. Uh, Bougainville, as I said, is still unstable. Um, and right now, I, so they're having elections this year. And I talked to the man that's looking after the church there while we're gone. And um, we're looking at, we, we just got our tickets to go back in July. And, um, but the election season is always politically, um, there's a lot of political unrest. And uh, talking to this man that is watching after the church, he advised me that you might want to wait until after the election, until August, to, to um, come back. He said um, there's been a little bit of unrest because of, because of the election. So what our plans are right now is we're going to go back to New Guinea. We're going to go where my parents are at on another part of the island. I'm going to teach um, a two-week uh, course for the Bible school that my dad is at. And then after that, we'll see what Bougainville is, is like after the elections and Lord willing, head back that way. So just pray. Pray for Bougainville. Pray for us to have wisdom in navigating um, the unrest that's there. And um, as far as our family, we, we feel safe being there, um, but it's what's going on around us. Um, so just, just pray for that. And to help you pray for that, I want to encourage you to grab one of our prayer cards there on the back table and uh, put, it, put it somewhere where you do your devotions or somewhere where you'll see it every day and you can remember to pray for us, pray for the Keks in Papua New Guinea. We're going to go to Romans chapter number 10. 
Romans chapter number 10. I want to read verse number 13 down to verse number 15. Romans chapter number 10, verse 13 down to verse number 15. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I've entitled this message, if you're taking notes today, I've entitled it Without a Preacher. And now let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll get, in, get into the message this morning. Dear God, I thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I thank you, um, Lord God, for those who have paid the ultimate price to allow us to have the freedom to worship today. Lord God, I pray that we'd never take that for granted. Lord God, I pray um, for America. I pray that, that she would return to you. And Lord God, I pray as Christians, we would be the light and the salt that we need to be. Lord God, I pray that as your word is preached this morning, that you would, that you would speak to hearts and lives. Lord God, as we are challenged today to be that preacher in other people's lives, I pray, Lord God, that, that we would commit to, to sharing the gospel with people around us and people around the world, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you'll bless this time in your word, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. The world around us is in desperate need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You, you, you think about all that's going on in the world and different, different things that has happened just recently. And what it really boils down to is that there's a lot of people that are lost. There's a lot of people without hope and without peace. There's a lot of people that don't know what life is all about. They're in desperate need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're here today and, and you've been saved, if you're here today and there is a time in your life that you called upon Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you to think back to that day. I want you to think back to that day that you got saved. And specifically today, I want you to remember that person that God used in your life to bring you to that point. I want you to think back to maybe it was just a person that left a track on a door. Maybe it was just a person that, that said something to get you thinking that, wow, I need Jesus in my life. Maybe it was your pastor that preached a message and that message convicted your heart and said, I need to get saved. As many people that are sitting here today, we have that many different stories of how, how you came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. For, for me in my life, I, my parents were getting ready to go to New Guinea. We had been traveling to several different churches in America, and we were back at my dad's sending church, which is in Oregon. And the preacher, uh, the pastor there, it was an Easter, Easter Saturday, actually. They had a drama presentation, and then the pastor preached a message. And after watching that drama presentation, hearing that message, as a five-year-old boy, I realized that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. 
I mean, I traveled all over with my dad hearing, I mean, we, I was in church like most of the week, but it never, it never was, it was like, oh yeah, they're talking about Jesus. It was never something that was personal to me until that day that I realized, wow, Jesus, yes, he died for the world, but Jesus died for me. I need Jesus in my life. And that day, after, after seeing that drama presentation, after hearing the preaching of God's word, I turned to my mom and I said, Mom, I, I need to get saved. And my mom took her Bible and went through the Romans road and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. God used those people that presented the drama presentation from the pastor that night to my mom, all those people as preachers in my life to help me come to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. I wonder this, where would I be without the preachers in my life? Where would you be without the preacher in your life? That person that helped you come to Jesus, where would you be today if they didn't help you? If they thought, well, I got something else to do. Or they thought, well, I don't know if he really wants to hear this. Where would you be today? You see, there's a lot of people around this world that need the gospel. And they need you and me to be that preacher in their lives. So, As we look at our text today, I want to point out three truths from the word of God that, that can help us be the preachers of the gospel that God wants us to be. Number one, we find in verse number 13, we, we find that the gospel is simple. Have you ever thought about sharing the gospel with somebody and, and, and didn't because you thought, well, I don't know how to say it. Oh, I, what if they ask me questions? I know as a teenager, that was me. As a teenager, there's many times when the Holy Spirit pricked my heart to share the gospel and I made the excuse that the gospel was too complicated to communicate. But the Bible tells us, verse number 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen, when you're sharing the gospel, as, as you desire to share the gospel with others, don't, don't believe the lie that it's too complicated to share. The gospel is simple. The gospel is simple. This verse points out that the gospel is simple because the gospel is for everybody. You know, one thing I love about the gospel is that you can't tell the wrong person. Now, does that mean everybody, does that mean that everybody wants to hear it? No. But everybody needs it. And our responsibility is not to find out who wants to hear it and who doesn't want to hear it. Our responsibility is to share it with everybody because everybody needs it. The gospel is simple because the gospel is for everybody. The Bible tells us in John 3 and verse number 16, a familiar passage that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, I can, quote, I, I can say that verse here in church here in America or I could go all the way over to Bougainville and say it in a different language, but the fact is that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, for everybody in this world. What's simple about the gospel is that it's for everybody. 
Even though we sometimes think, well, I don't, I don't know if they, they need the gospel. I don't know if they want the gospel. The reality is this. Everybody in this world needs the gospel. The gospel is simple because it's for everybody, but the gospel is simple because it's all about Jesus. I find this in sharing the gospel. When, when I'm sharing the gospel, a lot of times people like to change the subject. People like to start talking about, well, when I grew up, I was in this church, and they told me this, and, and this, this is kind of the religion that I came from, and, which is it's good to understand where people are coming from, but realize this, that when it comes to sharing the gospel, the gospel is all about Jesus. The Bible, the Bible tells us, Jesus himself tells us this in John 14 and verse number 6. Jesus said unto, saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. My dad, I remember growing up as a kid and my dad preaching in New Guinea. And one thing he would say probably almost every week. He would say, you can come to this church until you die, but this church cannot take you to heaven. Because it's only Jesus that can save your soul. It's not about what religion you are. It's about what have you done with Jesus in your life. The gospel is simple because it's all about Jesus. And as, as, we, as we share the gospel with others, let us remember to always bring them back to Jesus. We find this example in the book of Acts chapter number 8 when, when the Holy Spirit told Philip to go and, and share the gospel with the man from Ethiopia. And as he approached his carriage, the, the man from Ethiopia was sitting there reading the book of Isaiah. And, and Philip asked him, do you, do you understand what you're reading? And the guy said, well, how can I except somebody, somebody, um, somebody explain it to me? And Philip got up in the carriage, and, and this is what the Bible tells us in Acts 8, and verse number 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Why? Because Philip understood this, that what that man needed was not a theology lesson through the book of Isaiah, but what that man needed was to understand that what the prophet was talking about in Isaiah was Jesus and he has come and he died and he rose again so that you can have eternal life. As we share the gospel with people, don't make it complicated. Don't get into those arguments that take it nowhere. Realize this, that the gospel is all about Jesus. The gospel is simple because it's for everyone. And the gospel is simple because it's all about Jesus. But as we go down to verse number 14 in our text, we realize that not only is the gospel simple, but we realize that the gospel has a need. The gospel has a need. And that need is a preacher. That need is you and me. Did you know that your neighbor will not hear about the gospel unless somebody goes and tells them? Did you know that your coworker will not hear about the gospel unless somebody goes and tells them? Do you know that people in Bougainville, Papua New Guinea will not hear about the gospel unless somebody goes and tells them? 
The gospel has a need and that need is a preacher. That need is you and me. That's why Jesus, when right before he left this world, he gave us a commandment that we can find in Mark 16 and verse number 15. And Jesus said this, Go, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You see, it was by God's design that that he wants to use Christians to reach this world with the gospel. We, we use that word preacher, and a lot of times when we, when we talk about a preacher, we talk about maybe somebody that stands behind a, a podium and preaches the word of God. We think about a preacher, and we think, well, a pastor and a missionary, they're preachers. And that's a, that's, that's a correct definition of that word, in that pastors and missionaries are preachers. But did you realize that that word preacher simply means someone who heralds or proclaims with authority? It doesn't have to be a pastor. It doesn't have to be a missionary. And I believe this as I study study the scripture that God wants everybody that knows Jesus Christ as their Savior to be that preacher to the people in their lives. That we are called to be the light of the world. That we are, as Jesus, as Jesus called people unto him, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. In, in John 20, he said, even as my father has sent me, even so send I you. If you're a Christian today, if you're a Christian today, the gospel is not for us to receive and to hide, but it is for us to share. How are you doing at sharing the gospel with others? Because the reality is this. If we don't speak up, who will? If we aren't those preachers, then who's going to be that preacher? The Bible is clear that the gospel has a need. This need is not that I have to do something to receive the gospel. or this, this, The gospel's need is not that I have to do everything right to get it all right. No, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Jesus did everything that needed to be done to save us from our sins and to give us eternity in heaven. But somebody has to share it with those that need it. The gospel is simple. Don't overcomplicate it. The gospel has a need, and it needs you. As we finish up this morning, the last thing I want to point out today is that the gospel is powerful. The gospel is powerful. I don't know if you've ever had this thought, but I'll be honest with you, this morning I have. And the thought is this, as I think about sharing the gospel with somebody is, is it really going to make a difference in their life? Have you, ever, have you ever thought, man, they need help, but, man, I, I, I don't know if what I have can actually help them. Have you ever thought that? I'll be honest, I have going to Bougainville and seeing some of the issues that, that are there. Uh, a group of people that, that, were dis- that were really left in a, 
left in a very bad situation after a civil war. A group of people that are, that are full of bitterness and angry, have no hope and have turned to alcohol and different things like that to, to what they believe is just to cope with life. And as I talk to these people and, has, and, and I've thought, is, is the gospel really powerful enough to change their life? Can I remind us all today that it is? Can I remind us all today that what we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ is powerful? And the Bible tells us in verse number 15, it says, How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good hope. The gospel is powerful, and and two things we see in this verse. The gospel is powerful because it brings peace. The gospel is powerful because it brings peace. Jesus put it this way in John 14 and verse number 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The gospel brings peace, the peace that this world cannot bring, the peace that that so many people are looking for but that cannot be found in the things of this world. I think of one lady that came to our church in Bougainville and the first Sunday she was there, her, her name's Hagar, and she the first Sunday we were there, I talked to her after church. She, she paid real close attention during church, and I could see that she was just kind of thinking about what was being said. And so I talked to her afterwards and told her, thank you for coming, and if she had any questions. And she told me this. She said, I don't have peace in my heart. She said, I, I have gone to every church that I know And I have asked them what I need to do to go to heaven. And they've told me, this is what you need to do. You need to be baptized. You need to come to join our church. You need to do this and do that. And she says, I've done everything that they've told me to do, but I still don't have peace in my heart that if I were to die today, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. And that day I shared the gospel with Hagar, but... She said, you know, I, I just want to think about this. And she left and she went home. She came back the next Sunday. And the next Sunday she listened very intently to the message again. But she said, I'm not ready to get saved yet. I've heard all these different things from different religions. And I just don't know what's truth. I gave her the book that day, a little book that I, I give out to people that, that know how to read English, which if they go through high school, they learn how to read English in New Guinea. And uh, the book done, and it just basically talks about the, what Jesus has done for us, that it's not about what we do, but what he has done. And I gave her that book, and I said, read this, and if you have any questions, I'd like to talk to you about it. She came back Wednesday evening, and Wednesday evening, it's usually just a a couple people that we meet with. It's more of like a small group Bible study. And I was surprised to see her, see her there that night. And she came back with a smile on her face that, that Wednesday night. And she said, I, I read that book. And she said, 
for the first time in my life, I realized that it wasn't about what I did. It wasn't about how good I could become. But it's all about what Jesus Christ has done for me. And she said, I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart. And she said, Pastor, for the first time, I have peace in my heart. For the first time, I know that if I were to die today, I would spend eternity in heaven with God. The world is looking for peace. And that peace is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't underestimate what the gospel can do in people's lives. Shortly after she got saved, her drunk husband came to church and accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior too. The gospel is powerful. The gospel brings peace. But not only does the gospel bring peace, but we find in the passage of scripture here that the gospel also brings hope. The, the phrase in, in the text that is glad tidings is used in the New Testament and especially uh, refers to the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. That hope we have in eternity. Now, Titus put it this way, Titus 1 and verse number 2, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. He continues in Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That hope that there's something more to life than just what's going on today. There was a man that I've been trying to witness to since going to Bougainville. His name, now I'm not making these names up, I promise you. Um, his name is, is Mike Tyson. They call him Big Mike. And, and he's, a, he's a big guy. Most of the time you can find him drunk, walking around town. And Mike, Mike has come to service. Actually in our video, the guy I was handing the pin to that had the white shirt on, we were standing next to the truck. That's Mike. And um, so he's come to church. He's heard the gospel. And, one, and most of the time when, I'm, when I get to talk to him, he's, he's half drunk. So it's been hard to try to communicate the gospel to him. But one time he was sober and I asked him. I said, it was, I think it was the time that he came to church. And I asked him, I said, Mike, why do you spend most of your life drunk? And he said, because there's nothing, to for, there's nothing left for life. There's nothing left for me in this life. He said, I spend it drunk because I don't want to deal with life. Because there's no hope. Because I don't see anything good coming tomorrow. And I tried to explain to him that the hope that he needs is found in Jesus Christ. And I'm still praying that one day he'll accept Jesus Christ as his Savior. But this world around us is full of hopeless people. Full of people that think, well, there's nothing for me. There's, what good is it that, what, what could possibly good come out of this world and what's going on right now? Sadly, some Christians have taken this approach to life. 
when we know, we know that Jesus Christ, that in him we have hope, that in him life is worth the living, And if you're a Christian that's watched too much news and you're at this state where you're just like, well, everything's messed up, then get in your Bible and turn off the TV and help people around you realize that there's hope found in Jesus Christ. The gospel is powerful because it brings peace and it brings hope. As we began this morning, I asked you to think back to the time when you got saved. Think about the people that helped you to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as we end today. I'd like to simply ask you this. Who in your life needs the gospel? Who does God want you to share the gospel with? Are you willing to be that preacher in their life, where will they be if you don't share the gospel with them? Just as much as the people in Bougainville need the gospel, I believe that the people here in Idaho, in Nampa, and Caldwell, and Boise, they need the gospel too. Can we commit to be preachers of the gospel? Can we realize that the gospel is simple? You don't need a theological degree to share the gospel with somebody. Can we realize that the gospel needs us to share, share it? It's not going to get to people unless we tell them. And can we have the confidence going into it, realizing that the gospel is powerful and it can change lives? With every head bowed and eyes closed this morning, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor. You know, before we can share the gospel, we have to receive the gospel. It could be that there's somebody here this morning who's never received Jesus into your life. And after the wonderful message from God's Word, the simple message from Brother Keck, is there anyone here today who would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I've never received Jesus into my life. I've never received the gospel. Would you just slip your hand up so I could pray for you? Anybody like that? Maybe God laid somebody on your heart. I know as Brother Keck was speaking and said, who has God laid on your heart? to share the gospel with. And it could be that God laid somebody on each heart in this room. And uh, let's take a moment right now uh, to bring those names before God and to allow God to give us uh, a, a path, a, a plan to be able to reach those people with truth. And so let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful simple message from God's Word that just reminds us uh, how awesome the gospel is and what peace and hope it brings into lives. But also, you've reminded us what our responsibility is in the gospel. 
that we are called by you and commanded by you to go. And so I pray right now that you would lay on our hearts people in our own city, in our own community, in our own country who need the gospel. And I pray that we would be ready and willing to share your truth, the good news of hope that you have for mankind. And we thank you for all that you do in our lives this week. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brother Keck. Appreciate that so much. And I'm going to have Brother Scott take the Kecks out into the lobby so that you can greet them after the service. Uh, and don't forget about all the things that are coming up. If you haven't had a chance yet to, to put your Summer Kids Club forum uh, in, there is a basket on the table in the lobby as you go out, and it has blank forms if you lost yours or if you need one. And like I said, we still need help in several categories uh, to make this Summer Kids Club work. And I want to thank everybody who has been so ready and willing to help. And if you didn't get a chance yet to be a part, it is not too late. We want you to be able to be a part as well. And like I said last week, if you can help with one week, uh, that, that'd be great. If you can help with two weeks, that's terrific. Whatever weeks you could help with, uh, it's going to help ease the burden on the entire team. And we don't want to put this on the backs of just a couple people. So whatever you can do to help, it'd be a great blessing. Let's stand together. And we have uh, sung songs that worship God. We've heard a great message. We've prayed. And you are dismissed. Have a great week, everybody. I love you.